passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Really Duncan had it. They turned it over. Alley back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Woo! KD! You can see it coming, and the building is electric off that slam dunk. Welcome into the A Wolf Among Wolves podcast. I am your host, Brendan Headkey, and this podcast is a part of the A Wolf Among Wolves podcast network. So tonight, I'm recording after the Minnesota Timberwolves just faced the New Orleans Pelicans, and boy, do we have a game to talk about. Minnesota Timberwolves went on to win 135-105. to That's right, you heard that right, a 30-point win for the Timberwolves. Now, this game... Did not look good to start. Minnesota was down, I don't know, 16 points at one point in the first quarter. And at the end of the first quarter, they were down just seven. They started fighting back the second half of that first quarter. And from there on out, the Timberwolves dominated. In the second, it was 40 to 26 in Minnesota's favor. The third, it was 38 to 22 in Minnesota's favor. And they entered the fourth quarter with a 23 point lead. In the final frame, they even outscored the Matt, or the Pelicans by 7 points, 30-23. to 23. The defense was good, legitimately good, for three and a half quarters tonight, outside of the beginning. To start this game, it really looked like this team was going to just lay down and die again for the, what, a millionth time, it feels like. But they didn't do that. They did the opposite of that. And they just t- flipped the script, turned the game around, and went on to win the whole thing. Now, the, the, this begs the real question. What does this actually mean? And to be honest with you, I don't really know if it means a ton, but it definitely means something. We've seen the Timberwolves have fight before, going down by 15 to 20 points, but they never quite pulled those games out. Tonight they did, and they ran away with it, and they pulled it out early. Their comeback started early enough for them to actually get into the game. You know, the other comebacks have came in the third and fourth quarters. This one came starting in the first quarter and in the second quarter, and by that point, the Timberwolves had a seven-point lead at halftime. Is that a testament to Chris Finch? Sure. Is that a testament to the players? 100%. The players wanted to play. So you're looking at a team, a Minnesota team, 135 points put up. Three players scored over 20 points tonight. It's obvious, right? Edwards, Cat, Nasri, right? Wrong. Totally wrong. The three players to score 20 plus points tonight. Anthony Edwards scored 27. He was 10 for 22 from the floor, which isn't great. 
two for five from three, shooting five threes and making two of them, that's good for Anthony Edwards. Five for six from the line. The next player to score over 20, and actually the game's leading scorer with 28 points, Jalen Noel. Jalen Noel, 28 points, 11 for 13 from the floor, 6 for 7 from 3. Just a a dominant shooting performance from Jalen Noel. And the third and final one was the other rookie for the Minnesota Timberwolves. 20-point game from none other than Jaden McDaniels. 8 for 9 from the field, 4 for 5 from 3. He also had three blocks and two steals. He was a plus 22 on the night. Noel was a plus 25. And Edwards was a plus 11. Carl Anthony Towns also put up 16 points. Uh, He was 7 for 19, and he was 2 for 10 from deep. That's right. A night where the Timberwolves shot 47.5% on threes, which was 19 for 40. Towns shot 2 for 10. Just not good. But you know what? It really didn't matter. He had good looks. The shot's going to fall eventually. That's not something I, you know, expect to continue him shooting 20% from three. He's just a much better shooter than that. Towns also pulled down only seven boards and only dished out one assist, but he was a plus 16 for the night. He played 29 minutes. He did not step foot on the floor in the fourth quarter, except when he was trying to check in for Nas Reed to do the jump ball after that call got overturned, but he never actually he never actually stepped on the floor. I don't know what the situation was there. They must have really wanted that jump ball. But th- this game, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. I don't want to overreact too much. But when you think about this, and I tweeted this out earlier, the Minnesota Timberwolves are missing their second and third best players. Also their second and third best offensive weapons. And they just hung 135 points in a game where Cat only scored 16. Now, let's push back on that a little bit. Jalen O'Well's not scoring 28. It's just not happening every night. Jaden McDaniels also is not scoring 20 every night. And heck, even Edwards isn't probably scoring 27 very many nights. He's probably scoring 17. But you throw in 20-point-per-game score, Malik Beasley... 20 point per game scorer, D'Angelo Russell. Carl Anthony Towns isn't scoring 16 a night. He's probably scoring 26 a night. All of a sudden, these type of games are more... You can see where these games could come from. You could see these games happening more often and more often and more often. Now, the thing is, is the defense going to be able to hold teams to 105 points per night? The Pelicans are solid offensive team. They got Zion Williamson, who is just a beast, finishing at the rim, one of the best in the leagues, if not the best. Brandon Ingram is also an offensive weapon. He had an off night tonight, um, thanks to some good defense by the Wolves. Um, And then, you know, Lonzo Ball is a really solid outside shooter. And off the bench, you have a couple pieces that can do some things. They're a fine offensive team. I don't know how they actually stack up in, like, offensive rating or anything like that. But they're a fine team. They scored 105 points, and the Timberwolves played solid defense, and that was really encouraging. And that begs another big question. For a Timberwolves team that really isn't incentivized to win right now when you don't have your core players, is tonight's win a good thing? Is it 
the best path for the franchise to try and win games right now. And you can point to a bunch of different reasons either way. You can point at the 40% odds, and that can either mean tank or that can mean don't tank. 40% is less than half, but also 40% is the best you're going to get to land Cade Cunningham or or Jalen Green or Jalen Suggs or Evan Mobley or who, who have it. But it, they're still not great odds, so I can see the sides for each of those arguments. Now, Timberwolves aren't going to go on and win half of their games. It's just not going to happen. If they do, then they're probably looking at being like, I don't know, if they win half of their games right now, say they, they have 36 games left, if they win 18, they go 25 and 47. 25 and 47 is not a good record. But 25 and 47 maybe puts them at like the 11th seed, which probably gives them the 8th best odds to land their pick, which is currently, let's see here, they would have like a 18, 19% chance of landing their pick. Not great, you know? But it also eliminates Golden State from getting 5, 6, or 7. They're most likely going to land at 8 or 9. Potentially could land at 4. You don't feel so bad about that. You know, it would it would be great. It would be great to get a top 3 pick. I totally agree. But it would also be great to go 500. Like I said, I don't think they're going to go 500. Say they win in too many games, and they end up with the fourth best odds. Say like Detroit, Houston, and like Cleveland just tank their season. And all of a sudden, they have the three best odds at number one. The Wolves end up with the fourth best. They're still looking at a 36.6% chance to land a top three pick. Not much lower. So I think if you come out of there and you win some games, you're going to be okay. Not to mention, the Wolves are in a hole. They're currently 8-29. and That's not a good record. And they're pretty firmly the worst team in the league record-wise. Now, the Rockets are trying their best to get down there. And, you know, the Pistons are doing their thing as well. But the Wolves have a little bit of bumper room to go, to win some games, to develop something, to show a system, to get some confidence in some of their players. A win can be valuable even in a tanking season. Anthony Edwards looked engaged on defense the second half of tonight's game. That's valuable. Not letting these young players like Jada McDaniels and Jalen Noel and Anthony Edwards and heck, even Carl Anthony Towns develop more and more of a losing is okay mindset is very valuable. And that's what I think tonight's win means. We saw a slimmer, a sliver, excuse me, a sliver of hope of what this team can be offensively and even defensively. They played good defense tonight. I think that's valuable. Now, I'm not going to ride high and say that the Timberwolves, like I said, are going to win half their games. I might joke about it on Twitter, but that's not that's sarcasm. That is not how I feel or any other Timberwolves fan feels, for that matter. But the Timberwolves can win some games, have some confidence. Then you're like, okay, we, we might be okay next year, you know? And I, and I think with this Chris Finch-led offense, the Timberwolves offense could be really good. It hasn't been good so far this year, in, in generally speaking. Tonight it was good, and, and that was 
because of a variety of factors that were happening on the floor. Carl Anthony Towns was more aggressive, which one didn't work out in his favor in the box score. But it did open up many doors for other players. Not even just by him passing, but the how much attention he drew tonight on drives and kickouts where I would like to know how many hockey assists he had tonight. PTAs, pass to assists, where he kicked it out to Rubio who then swung it to Jaden McDaniels or to Jalen Noel or whoever it may be. He only had one real assist. But those PTAs, those hockey assists, I'd like to know because that's something. They get the defense rotating and all of a sudden Cap might not kick to the open man, but he kicks to the man who can kick to the open man. That's valuable. And I think we saw quite a bit of that tonight. Like I said, I would have to go out and run the numbers on that, but it looked pretty encouraging. Other important things that I think we can note on tonight's box score and from tonight's game, Jake Lehman was a 12-point, two-rebound performance, but it just felt even more impactful than that. He nailed his first three threes, and he was very active on the defensive side of the ball. He didn't have any steals, but he had some deflections. He really was... He kind of made the defense go, and he was just like the most active player out there, uh, which is really valuable for a team that needs some of that. Um, and that the Timberwolves got that out of out of you know Jake Lehman tonight, which I think is just a really valuable thing that can't be overstated how valuable it truly is. So I just think tonight was just an all-around good game from Jake Lehman. Another topic I wanted to talk about tonight was Chris Finch going with Carl Anthony Towns and Nas Reed on the floor at the same time. Uh, it only happened for five minutes tonight, which isn't a large sample size. But in those five minutes, Carl Anthony Towns and Nas Reed posted an offensive rating of 166.7 and a defensive rating of 100 flat. Obviously, not anything, there's not much we can take from that. But just the idea that it potentially could work, we've only seen it in short short spurts against against teams that you really can benefit from. And the Wolves did it tonight against the New Orleans Pelicans with Steven Adams and Zion Williamson both on the floor. Now, the, the reason the Timberwolves do something like that, what does that do? Why is it important to really be matchup based? The times we're going to see Nas Reed and Carl Anthony Towns share the floor is against a team whose power forward and center are not great. They're bigger guys who aren't great in guarding the, guarding the perimeter. That's exactly what type of you know lineups you can run against them. Where you are pulling out one of Zion Williamson or Steven Adams to the three-point line because you are a threat. Nas Reed, Carl Anthony Towns are both not only a threat shooting from deep, but also putting the ball on the deck as a big man and getting to the bucket. So you're pulling Steven Adams or you're pulling Zion Williamson out of the paint to guard you out there. And potentially, you're both pulling those two out there, which opens the door for a layman cut, or an Anthony Edwards drive, or a cut by McDaniels, or whatever. It just really opens up the defense when you can pull both of their bigs out there. And you're not putting a smaller guy on either Nas Reed or on to Carl Anthony Towns. You just can't do it because they will overpower them, 
or get past them with their long strides or whatever have you, or they'll just shoot right over top of them. They both have high release points um, and just are good shooters from outside. Now, it also, you have to look at the other side of the ball. Neither Towns nor Reed are the best defensively like Adams and Williamson on the perimeter themselves. When you're playing against Steven Adams and Zion Williamson, that's fine because neither of those players play on the perimeter. So it's going to be something that's very matchup-based, I think, at least until we see a good sample size of it, and then they might try to run it a little bit more against some other lineups. But for right now, it's going to be against you know, a Steven Adams, Zion Williamson front court or something very similar to that. But it is interesting to see how good they were in just those five minutes. Um, but Carl Anthony Towns was good tonight with everybody he shared the floor with. Towns had a positive net rating with everyone. Plus 66 with um, Nas Reed. Plus 54.3 with Jalen Noel. Plus 50 with Josh Kogi in nine minutes. Uh, plus 36.7 with Jaden McDaniels in 12 minutes. Plus 23.4 with Rubio in 22 minutes. Plus 18 with Vanderbilt. Plus 12 with Lehman. And plus 8.8 with Anthony Edwards. That's good. Obviously, those numbers are not sustainable. Any of them. Maybe Edwards and Towns can be a, a plus 8.8. Other than that, they're probably not sustainable at all. But that doesn't mean they can't sustain as being positive net ratings. Also, Towns' defensive rating, his worst pairing was the 17 minutes he played with Vanderbilt, which was a 105.9. If that's a 105.9, that's damn good. And that was in 17 minutes. Obviously, that was the start of the game, which was rough. So outside of that, it was pretty good. Other than that, the rest of them were between 90 and 100. Again, one game sample size, really, really small. But it is still encouraging to see that they are capable of it against you know a team with a little bit of firepower on offense. Obviously, they're not the Nets. They're not even... I don't know, the Jazz or the Warriors on offense. None of those teams. But they're they're a solid offensive team. And, you know, that is uh, something that I think is just really important to, to see from the Timberwolves is just playing solid defense for pretty much the entire game. 30, no, 42 minutes of the game. Really good defense from, from the Timberwolves. So I'm not going to complain about that all. I'm going to look up how good New Orleans is on offense. Maybe they're worse than I thought. No, they are the 7th best offense in the entire league this season. 7th best. 115.3. That is their offensive rating. In 37 games, 115.3. Tonight, their offensive rating was 101.9. And the Timberwolves' offensive rating was 132.4. Pretty dang good stuff. Another thing I wanted to talk about tonight, I didn't touch too much on it, was just Jaden McDaniels. McDaniels not only shot the lights out from three, four for five, he was also uh, four for four from inside the arc. Two dunks, I believe. One nice pull-up mid-range, short mid-range kind of floater-ish type of situation. Um, and that was just, it's really encouraging to see Jaden McDaniels break out of that shell of just being a spot-up guy, put the ball on the floor a little bit, and make some plays offensively. 
but knocking down the open three is a really valuable thing for this team, and, and he did that tonight. He did that tonight for sure, and he's going to be a valuable piece of this team, whether he's on the bench or in the starting lineup. He played 26 minutes. Jared Vanderbilt played 17 minutes tonight. And then the other five minutes of the, the power forward position went to, you know, like Wancho at the end of the game, Nas Reed. Um, I guess there's a few more minutes than that because McDaniels was playing some three, um, which I also think is a really valuable thing too when you think of a player like Jaden McDaniels who can play the three or the four and he has a skill set that that is very conducive to doing either. And I mean, he's young. He's 20 years old. He's a rookie. And he's got a lot of room for growth, but he's already a really good defender. And he's showing what he can be on offense. And I think you have, if you're not trading for a power forward, I think Jaden McDaniels is the clear answer to be your power forward of the future. Maybe he's not starting right now, but he's playing starting minutes, 25 minutes a night. And just playing a lot next to Towns and also playing with that second unit. Speaking of the second unit, boy, when this team is healthy, you think that the... The starting lineup's going to be fun. You know, D'Lo, Malik, Ant, whoever's at the four, and Cat. Like, that's going to be fun. But you know what else is going to be fun? That bench. That bench is going to be really fun. When you think about if J.D. McDaniels is off the bench, you got a guy that can knock down the open shot, put it on the floor a little bit, and still is growing a ton. You're going to have Jalen Noel. There's no way Noel's out of the rotation, in my opinion. He plays too hard on the offensive side of the floor. I think Finch wants him in there. I mean, Noel's just a bucket getter. And he's going to be cold some nights, but like, yeah, he can give you 20. He can give you 20. Then you're going to have Nas Reed. One of, you know, probably like a top 10, at least top 15 backup center in the league. Especially offensively, he's, you know, up there. Top 10, for sure. And then you can also, you know, throw in a little bit of Anthony Edwards with the second unit. Or Malik with the second unit. Or Cat with the second unit. Like, it's just going to be so fun. Like, this team, I think, and I was saying this even before the year, and that was before Jaden broke out. That was before Noel even showed what he can do. I think this offense is going to be really effing good. Really good when everybody's healthy. I mean, they just put up 135 points, and they're going to throw out two 20-point-per-game scores with this team. Yeah, that's going to that's gonna be fun. And I touched on that a little bit, but man... That is going to be so much fun, and I am so excited for it. D'Angelo Russell, let's talk a little bit of news here. Malik Beasley has now missed, I think, four games, maybe three games, um, with his suspension. I'd have to pull it up to make sure, but I believe that he's missed um, four games. Let me just double check here. Sorry about this wait. He's so far played in 33 games. The Timberwolves just played their 37th game, so I think he's missed four games this season. So he has eight more games to serve. And I touched on this before, when he can come back, whatnot. Other news, Chris Finch, uh, after practice, the day leading up to the New Orleans Pelicans game, he said that D'Angelo Russell is progressing. He's back in Minnesota, and he could potentially see uh, some practice time as early as this weekend if everything goes as planned. If it doesn't, you know, probably next week, which is really good to hear. I don't know to what degree he'll be on the floor um, in practices and whatnot, but just to get back like that, you know, he, I'm not, I have no idea, but, you know, it's starting to look like maybe that six week timeline is probably pretty realistic, if not maybe a little bit faster. Um, but we'll have to see 
what all shakes out by then. So, believe it or not, the Timberwolves won this game by 30. They're not going to win every game, much less win every game by 30 points. But this offense should be really fun. It'll be cool to see how the defense fares. I don't expect you to be this good every night, but they've shown they can do some things against some dominant forces in Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson. It's going to be really fun to watch. And they're probably going to lose a lot still, and they're probably still going to retain really good odds for our pick. So don't you worry about it if you're a fan of the tank. You know, I've been anti-tank for most of the season, but I did say, and we can go find the receipts on it, I did say there will be there will come a time when tanking makes sense. And I think we're we're around that time now. I think we're kind of there. Now I see it more. But I still don't think you're trying to lose every... I think you want to get a good run with Malik Beasley, D'Angelo Russell, and Carl Anthony Towns all on the floor together. And hopefully that comes within a few weeks here. And we can get, you know, 20 games of it. Maybe they go 10-10 and 10 over that stretch. And they still end up with the third worst odds. Speaking of which... I want the third best odds at the number one pick, or at the whatever. I want the third worst record in the league. Why? Because with the best record, the Wolves... Okay, top three records, you're going to have the the same odds to get a top three pick. But with the best odds, you also have a 12% chance at four and a 47.9% chance at five. So it's really likely you're getting five there. The second best, you got 14 at 1, 13.4 at 2, 12.7 at 3, same as number 1. You also have 12 at 4, but then you have 27.8 at 5 and 20 at 6. So it's much, there's not one really, really big odds. Like 5th, if you have the number 1 odds, there's like almost a 50% chance you're getting 5th. The highest chance you get with the second is 27.8. Go down to 3rd. The highest you're getting is 26 at 6. You're also having 14.8 at 5, 12.0 at 4, and then 7% chance you land number 7. So I don't like that big glaring 47.9% chance that you're getting 5. I hate thinking of it like that. And I get it. You know, mathematically, it probably doesn't mean diddly. But to me, that's just how my mind works. Also, we saw the Timberwolves jump up from 3. I be- Were they 3 or 2? either second or third best odds last year. The number one team in the two or three years that this new lottery odds has happened, the number one team has never actually gotten the number one pick. I want the second or third worst record in the league if we're going for bottom three. I don't want the worst record. Obviously, the Wolves have to win some games, but the Rockets are trying to lose, and they're doing a pretty good job of it. So we'll just have to see how, how, how it all shakes out. But other than that, I think that's all I got tonight. I should have a game recap up today as well. If you are listening to this, go check that out on a wolfamongwolves.com. I'm excited to get back into the second end, the second part of the season, the second half. I'm excited to see what happens at the trade deadline. Um, but after tonight's game, don't trade anyone. Everybody is staying home except you can have Ed Davis and Wancho Hernan Gomez. Other than that, let me keep my boys. I'm sure I'll feel differently in a little while. But as of right now, that's how I'm feeling. I'm riding high. And I will sleep good tonight knowing the Wolves won by 30 points. But anyways, thank you all for listening to this podcast. Please subscribe on any podcast platform that you do listen on. That would be greatly appreciated. Other than that, tune in for the next one. I'm sure I'll be back within the week. Thank you again. It's been Brendan. 
This was a fun game. Let's just let's just enjoy it. All right, I'm out. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.